This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Huffman. Talking right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. And Jim, looking at the screen, a lot of green here to start the morning. What are we looking at in those corn and soybean markets? We are seeing a very positive move here in the overnight market, and we'll see if they can bleed into the day session. I assume we get a pretty good shot at will. There's two things that are driving it, Dustin, right now. It is weather, and it is export business. On the weather front, the heat is really building back in the northern central part of Brazil. On top of it, not a lot of rain. So it looks like they're going to be warm and dry for the next 10 days. That is not what they need. They get to, need to get this crop in the ground. They need cooler temps and some rain. Then on the other hand, southern Brazil overall is still tracking a little bit wetter. That pattern that we've been in for the last month, two months, it seems like down there, is entrenched. That's that's step one of why we're rallying. The other thing is export sales business. There was reports from Reuters yesterday that China bought up to 600,000 metric tons of beans. It was a, That was a private negotiated sales. Reuters reported it last night. That was part of the reason why I think we had the strength. But then this morning we did have flash sales, and they were good. We sold a total of about 33.4 million bushels of corn and 10.3 million bushels of beans. I mean, some pretty good bean sales that were announced to um, on the flash sales this morning. So uh, we're at a point where the market's broken enough. At least on the corn and wheat, you're starting to get us competitively priced. On the beans, this dryness issue in South America has definitely got to China's attention, and that's pushing demand our way. And if that can continue to go, that should help propel the market even higher. You know, and we've we've talked in the past, Jim, that this is seasonably our time anyway to be marketing. And going into the harvest, it didn't look like things were going to pick up. But, you know, like you said, with the issues they're having, we're, we're definitely seeing that pick up because obviously China can't sit too long without getting beans and other supplies. And, you know, they're still trying to get over every single thing that they've gone through, whether it's African swine fever, whether it's COVID, whether it's this or that and the next thing. Well, exactly. And like I said, they were buying from our competition, South America. Obviously, Brazil had this monster crop. They were selling it less than cheaper than us, plain and simple. That was bringing the Chinese buyers to them. They're now having these problems. Their prices are going up. We're getting rain in the Midwest. That's allowing the river levels to go up, making us a little bit more competitively priced along the river. Some of these sales are going off the P&W, but like I said, we're competitively priced in pretty much the soft red wheat, the beans, and the corn. So hopefully we will continue to get these sales. If we get these sales, that should hopefully get us a nice little end-of-the-year rally. You know, one thing I found interesting is, though, is how much corn Mexico has been buying lately. We, they have this GMO issue we're still working out, and, you know, they were talking about how they were going to halt all these imports of corn, but right before anything would go into effect, they're sure buying up enough of it. Well, there's two things. Um, the reality is this. The GMO is probably a lot of politicking more than anything else. You know, if they want to actually stop allowing the importation of GMO corn, there's just not enough there. They're going to have to raise the price high enough to induce the U.S. producer to produce it. And they, they're not doing it right now. The other thing is just logistically, they're just not set up to import that much non-GMO corn from around the world. They've been built over the last several decades, rail units to get our corn down to them. So I think there's more rhetoric. The other thing that we do need to keep an eye on is what's interesting about Mexico. They are doing a lot of buying, um, but they haven't bought more than they normally would, per se, Dustin. What they've done is they've front-loaded it right now. So where instead of, you know, they buy 17, 18 million metric tons of or 18 million bushels of corn, they've got over half of it already purchased, where normally they may break it out over – a year's time. They've just been pretty aggressive, but that is a good sign. Hopefully they continue to keep that buying going. 
So now switching over on the livestock side of things, Jim, looking at those hog and cattle numbers, uh, you know, cattle has really had a rough couple of days. You know, we rode this high for so long, and we talked about this months ago, you know, Jim, that you eventually it's going to come down. Are we thinking that's what the trend is going to be, or is this just a temporary setback? Well, I think we will snap back a little bit. It was pretty dang on ugly yesterday across the the cattle and the feeder cattle yesterday. Um, I think part of it was a macro break. I mean, the green markets, the energy markets, the metal markets, they were all down hard yesterday. I think on kind of a deflationary tilt. Obviously, we got the grain market rallying a little bit on the overnight. Hopefully, that spills into the cattle market. Hogs have had a nice little run. I think you got to be a little bit cautious of the hogs. They might have overdone it at the moment cattle i would expect for a bounce back eventually i think you got to wash some of these bulls out remember there's a lot of very bullish people in the cattle report they got caught on the cattle and feed report we had a nice sort of recovery it didn't get as high it filled the one gap and that's it washed it back out but the overall supply of cattle still is relatively tight we look at the cattle cattle herd and it will tighten even more if we start to essentially expand the herd because you got to contract it to expand it in essence So uh, I would look more for maybe a sideways trade in the cattle. I think as you get down toward the mid-170s, 175 zone, I think you will catch buyers down there. But just on the other hand, you get up toward the 185 zone, I think you'll find the sellers show up as well. Now you mentioned the cattle supply is low, but we've just heard from Rabobank that the hog supply is very high and we could see contraction coming in 2024. I mean, how long does that take to affect the marketplace and, and what kind of effect could that have for consumers? Well, right now, I mean, that's a situation. If you can see a contraction, it's a slow thing. If people start liquidating pressure, you'll get pressure in the market. China's had some um, hog you know, disease problems. They liquidated some of their herd. Because of that, the prices broke as you flush every two, the flush extra supply to the market. But eventually, you do contract that herd. That will eventually force the market higher. It may not take longer than what we want, but that's, that's just the supply and demand economics come into full force. You tighten that supply up. By reducing herd size, you will eventually force that market back up as, in general, the population's getting bigger, not smaller. So you're going to continue to have to feed more mouths. And then how does that play? Because usually we kind of look at the general you know, overall economy and what the consumers are doing. If we would do this where we'd see pork herds come down and the price go up and cattle maybe does rebound a bit, I mean, what is that going to mean for those consumers you know, that are spending their money at the, at the meat counters? Well, what it just means is it just kind of depends where it's at. I mean, the one thing people got to do is they got to usually use energy to get to work and they got to eat. And essentially, if the price of protein goes up or just the price of food, like we've been seeing, anybody's going to a grocery store, obviously know the price of food is going up. You're just going to have to make your decision of where you're going to spend less. If it's going to cost you more at the grocery store, then you may have less money for entertainment. You may have less money for that house refurbish or something like that. So it is a yin and a yang of the economy. But in general, the higher you pay for food, a necessity, the less you have for the side stuff you like to do, that in general could have a little bit negative impact on the market. Remember, GDP growth and the economy moving, Dustin, is Ameri- you know, people spending money, going out and doing things. That's what drives our economy. So if people quit spending money and going out, you contract the economy, you put it in a recession, and that's not bullish for anything. All right, Jim, if folks want to talk about uh, some of their options they have, look at some 2024 options, what's the best way for them to get in contact with agmarket.net? You can reach me directly at 815-665-0461. You can reach any of the Ag Market team members at 844-424-6758 or go to agmarket.net for a look, take a free look at our research. All right, Jim, thanks so much for the insight. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for having me on.
That again, Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Let's run down the opening numbers. December corn up six and a half at 475 even. March up six and a quarter at 489 and three quarters. November soybeans up 19 and three quarters at 1368 and a half. January up 19 and a half at 1381 and a half. January meal up $12 at $4.5080 per ton. Soy oil down 27 cents at 48.86. Chicago wheat is up 12 and three quarters at 5.83. Even Minneapolis up eight and a quarter at 7.32 and a half. Kansas wheat up 13 at 6.45 and a half. Oats up seven and three quarters at 3.59 and three quarters. On the Merck Live, does cattle for December 72 cents lower at 178.05. Feeders are down two dollars at 230.22. December lean hogs down 85 cents at 72.05. Pork cutout 65 cents higher at 81.40. Class three milk. Down a penny at 17.05. Thanks again to Jim McCormick of AgMarket.net for joining us here today on the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters. <laughs>